Welcome, and thank you for listening in. My name is Kayla, and this is Character Development. This podcast is produced to help enlighten you with true stories from real people who have encountered the unknown and overcame the unpredictable. With these stories, we want you to consider what life has to offer, and we hope you can learn the hidden importance. Yup, yup, young boss, I can teach you how to flows. You ain't never lit this life, welcome to the mall. OG street cats, we done had it all. Know you looking at it, now the high come this far. Got the game from the streets, welcome to the mall. If I, if I say something, I get a song. We take flights, we'll make calls. It's the life you live when you're working with the mall. Hello, everybody, my name is JC. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I'm 21 years old. And, um,. Well, just a little background of me. Just, uh, I don't know, I think I'd like to start from my childhood. I would say uh, from the ages, I remember from the ages three to five, I was in child protective services. And um, a little time after that, my mom was able to win the case to get all six of her kids out of child protective services. So I came out of that situation. Uh, You know, life started growing up, going on. And I just started uh, getting to know my mother and after child protective services of course because i was so young and uh, my mother she was an amazing mother she still is today and i was able to be raised by her till i was 10 years old and after some time went by she started getting uh sick and my brothers had already moved out the house at around that time and my sisters were gone it was just me and my younger brother and she had lupus arthritis and she was diagnosed with um a lot of disabilities that gave her the ability to do everything that she wanted to do as a mother which was uh like everything towards the simple things cook for me um wash my clothes wake me up for school and you know just those little things it was it was most of the little things that she couldn't even do so i know from a young age i had to grow up quick and um i remember just going to school and i had to take care of my younger brother a little bit take care of my mother my grandmother was my mother's caregiver so she was able to take care of her while we were at school but when i came back home my grandmother was always gone so there there was times that i had to change my mother's diaper or uh, uh clean out the porta potty because she couldn't physically walk all the way towards the restroom so she had a porta potty that was in her room that we'd had to clean out every day and uh, you know, I guess life went on for me, and I was in middle school at the time, and uh, you know, I could say that I started taking advantage of the fact that I didn't have nobody that uh, could physically whoop me. I'd say because you know I lived in a time where you, you, you just got a whooping. <laughs> so, and I, I, I had, um, I can admit and say that I did take advantage of my mother being sick, and I started acting out in school, and um, I think that situation just. Uh, brought me it brought me in a way to I didn't have the understanding that a father could give because I never had one so I was just raised by my mother so a lot of the acting out in school and being sent off to an alternative school and my grandma having to deal with tickets I guess it hit me a little bit whenever I was getting out of that stage of my life and later on after the alternative schools and all the tickets, I ended up getting sent back to regular school. They approved me to go back to regular uh, Houston Independent School District schools. And when I went back, it was going back to seventh grade this time, but I was supposed to be in the eighth grade, 
well there was a principal there who who wanted to give me an opportunity and he remembered a, he remembered all my bad acting that I had did when I was in school and he gave me an opportunity and basically made a deal with me he said JC you've you've um when you were here before you've caused a lot of trouble you've seen like you've changed a little bit so i do want to give you the opportunity and putting you back in the eighth grade that you were supposed to be in but you got to promise me that you'd give it your all do your work don't um don't do just don't do anything of the things that you used to do and uh man i took him upon that offer because i did want to change my life i seen uh uh, just seeing my grandma's vacation days just go away because of the time she had to stay in court with me uh, really put some hurt in my heart. And um, just also knowing the fact that my mother couldn't get up and uh, she was just mostly trying to make it to my school just to pick me up from school because I was getting in trouble and she couldn't do that. She wasn't physically right to just even pick me up. Uh, I knew I was hurting them. So I later on start going into high school and I was doing good in there, but I noticed I had got sent the letter from a school that they were starting in an HCC college. It was still in high school. You were still going to graduate with a diploma. It was just a faster route out. And I felt that was a good, a good route for me. And I ended up taking the offer to go to that high school. And it was a little rough for me because around that time I had left school. I mean, I had left home. And I didn't want to live with my mother anymore because there was, I felt like if I still stayed in that situation, I was, I was living at a time in a household of negative energy and a whole lot of negative things going on that isn't a normal home and a normal place for a child to live within. So I chose to leave. <clears throat> and of course, my mother didn't take, take, uh, let me take anything because I guess families feel if you didn't pay for it, you don't take it, you know. So uh, <laughs> I left with uh, I kind of felt like I left like Jesus did back then. You know, he just grabbed his little bag, packed what he needed. And that was his <laughs> and left. <laughs> so uh, and I went on about my life. Um, I was uh, I didn't want to tell anybody that I was homeless when I left for a little bit. But I knew at a time that I wasn't able to take care of myself and that it did have to it did have to come out. So I was uh, at that time, I was around a lot of people who were um, who had given their lives to Christ and they introduced me to Christ and I was able to find who I was not within myself but with God living through me anything just protect them lord lord i thank you for the change in me because you showed me things that i couldn't see made things happen that i thought couldn't be and every day that i live used to keep it g only thing that i praise is my g-o-d and always pray that you will work on me point me out on the things that i'm blind to see so through you i can live so happily because living this life is so crazy And it was an organization called Eyes on Me, Inc. There were uh, people who helped me change my life. And they basically put mentors in my life. So when I left home, I stayed in one of the organization's homes that they had out in different communities of Fifth Ward, Sunnyside, and Brookshire. 
the one that I stayed in was the one in Fifth Ward that basically placed me in that home because uh, one of the reasons where I had a relationship with God and um, I knew the routines of uh, um, telling uh, basically God's stories and sharing love with the people in their communities. And I came from communities that were similar to like it, similar to, to it but not exactly like it of course because every hood is different <laughs> in neighborhoods that you go to and from there i stayed there and i was able to graduate from that school that i had got that offer from and it was crazy because i took one bus ride every morning to that school on the metro and i would always go to that school two hours early so that i was able to finish earlier and um when I was going to that school, there is a principal. Her name was Miss Vega. Uh, I appreciate her so much because she stuck by my side like for so long, and she even helped the students who were going through it. That school was specifically made for people who needed to get out of school quicker, who were either pregnant or who were either, um, you know, involved with street gangs and wanted to get away from gangs. They they wanted a better life, but they needed to get out of school early. That's what that school was made for. And I appreciate her because within my times of going through trials as a young and in a young age and still in a young age, she was able to help me out with the smallest things in the world, whether it was it was Metro Metro passes to uh, get to and from school every single day or if it was even help she was even she was she played a lot of roles she wasn't just a principal it was a small school so she had many roles of uh that she had to play and um man i ended up graduating uh i was the second out of six to graduate in my family and um it felt good to actually receive my diploma and walk the stage because my brother didn't even get to do that they just basically handed him his diploma and told him go so um it felt good to just be able to have that moment and uh so after that time i've given my life to christ and i came from knowing how the streets worked and coming from the streets to giving my life to christ to doing ministry in the streets of houston in the neighborhoods of uh north barrel and uh, north houston uh sunnyside Harlem clark south park fifth ward third ward and i worked in a lot of these areas and basically what we would do is we uh we'd reach the neighborhood by a program called hip-hop hope hip-hop hope was a place that anybody in the community could come to uh, they give you food, we play games, and we talk about God and his word, and we'd always bring an artist out so that they can uh, speak about whatever they wanted to speak about. They could give them a testimony, and they could do some music with them. They always for sure had to do music because that's what we brought them and invited them for. But um, that was one of the ways that, uh, one of the programs that we'd use to reach people who were lost in those communities. And basically what we did afterward, afterwards was, you know, a lot of people, they don't have anybody um, to reach out to. Like, okay, cool, I gave my life to Christ, but who am I? Like, where do I go from here? What are the next steps? Like, the next steps are not to remain where you are. <laughs> it's eventually to, you know, follow Christ and figure out what it is to be Christ-alike, you know, because we we have some of our ways that... that are not of Christ's ways, but we want to be just like him. 
Now, to be just like him, of course, you would need somebody in your circle. You need brothers who could hold you accountable. If you're a woman, you need ladies who could hold you accountable and just uh, share those things that are with you because you're now transforming your mind to come out of the mind setting that it was in before to a whole new mind. And a lot of people think, like, it's crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is crazy. You're learning new things. You're being surrounded by new people. Like I was mostly surrounded by people that that would automatically be judged and said that they're from the hood because that's just what I was born around. I was raised in that community. But now I'm seeing a bigger picture that's outside my community by being with this organization. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow. I'm like, man, God has like so many, like opened so many opportunities for me. And now it's bringing a whole 360 turnaround in my life. And what I'm now getting from it is, okay, JC, you've got this in your hand. Where are you going to go with it? So some things end up going by. I end up um, uh doing all the work with eyes on me doing the outreach programs and uh they had a radio station with 90.1 kpft that i was hosting for a little while but uh i was still young at christ at that time and i know that i had a situation going on where i was being gossiped about and i guess it hurt the most because it was from the same people who said that they loved you and uh that were leaders that I looked up to. And um, I could say most of it's my fault too because I now understand what it is to look up to God and not man because man will fail you. And when it came to that situation, I was still a baby at Christ and I didn't understand that. So when I was gossiped about, I felt like these past two years, I went my own way. I turned my own route. A lot of people think whenever you move away from Christ, like you're either drug dealing, you went back to your ways or or something like that. I feel like I went back to some of my ways, but I know one thing for sure that I didn't go back to the streets because for one, I was the only one that made it out of a family of six. My brother just got out of prison. My other brother used to dope deal in the streets with him. My younger brother, the youngest out of us all, He's 18 years old and he's been gangbanging for the last three years. Like, I couldn't imagine me being with them. And I wanted a different route to say that, man, one of us was able to make make it out of that. So, of course, I changed up a lot of my ways, but gossip was something that really made me run from God a little bit because... I felt like, dang, how can people who say they love you hurt you so much and gossip about your problem with different people? Cause I'm from the block with that burner bang And when it pop, we don't know a thing Street cats and they go insane Reppin' hard for what they bang G-O-D is what I claim I bled the block when I ain't know a thing Fell back when I seen the game Cause for some reason everybody changed Mentally messed up my brain Seen them get shot and then felt pain Numbed up from what's in this vein So that went on and I'm uh, I'm in now it's like I had that going on but the whole time I was an artist also and growing up I've always loved music like it was just something about music that 
really rocked the waves to the ship that I was riding. And there was a man that I met when I was 14 years old. His name was Pyrex. His name is Joseph McSweeney. And uh, when my brother went to prison when I was 14, what I noticed, what really caught my attention to him was, you know, he had Pyrex that barely came out of prison when I first met him. And he was buzzing around. He was a guy that was signed with Trey of ABN. And um, before before I started chilling with Pyrex, though, um, I was around people like Pancho V and Juan Gotti and uh, Rashid Loji. I've built relationships with them for a while. They've been knowing me since I was young, too. It, I think it was, yeah, it was Pancho V and who was it? It was Pancho V. Yeah, it was Pancho V that used to come pick me up from my grandmother's house. And he'd take me out to his shows with him and stuff. And and that was that was some of the realm that I went into. But Pyrex became more of a brother to me because when I was growing up, he was there. I wasn't just somebody who was seen everywhere he was. I was somebody who was around his kids, around his family, around his whole entire household, around his life. And knew of everything that he went through. So when my brother went off to prison and I first met Pyrex, what I thought was interesting about the both when I when I when I met Pyrex was Pyrex had the same birth date as my brother Joseph. And they both had the same first name, which was Joseph. My brother was Mexican, but he looked more white and Pyrex was white, so they both looked white. There was one tattoo that they had of the Oiler sign and it was it was the same exact tattoo that they had in the same place. So it was kind of weird. It was, it was it was weird, but it was yeah, it was crazy just comparing that. And you know, my brother was in prison, so I didn't really have nobody to look up to. And I guess that, I guess Pyrex uh, secured that part of my life of having somebody to look up to. But um, uh, I felt like at that time it wasn't wrong though because I felt like I was grown. You know, so every time I was chilling with Pyrex, it was like we we're chilling, we we're smoking, we we're you know, going out, going on tour, going to shows, going out of town. Like, I appreciate him a lot, though. You know, like, he really took me in as a little brother and showed me what it was to be an artist. Like, I can't tell you how many times we had to go out of town to do a show and Pyrex would, like, pay for everybody's hotel, like, gas and everything, you know. And, of course, after a while, that stops because you start seeing who's real and who's and who's for your life and who isn't right now because everybody's going through different stages but it was a lot of that and um him just like raising me up and it kind of you know since i was young and going through all those trials in my life i've always been away from my family so i didn't really know what it was to have family i didn't know what it was to eat fat like have a family dinner every day at six and um so I basically like grew up around the people that I was around, you know, the people around Pyrex and and things of that nature and the people around the organization. There's still some of them that I chill with. And um, but yeah, I, I did a lot with Pyrex, like from staying with them, from like from everything. Like he always called me his little brother. And and I was at that part. And now I'm moving on to the part where um me getting out of Christ's ways I guess I got out of that segment because segment of my life because 
I needed to be away. I isolated myself these last two years for so long and just being by myself and um, uh, just just doing more of what I wanted to do. I feel like JC didn't have a lot that a lot of other people had. And those things were my mentors. I seen them. They came home to their kids. They came home to their wives. They came home to a roof over their head. And I didn't have any of that. And I know that I wanted the same thing. So I went out and I got a job. And I just started saving money. Everything came, but everything came slowly, but it came surely later on. And those um, those things really taught me what it was to have a household of my own, how to be stable with a job, how to, um, I can't say be accountable because I was living in a different life to where I wasn't accountable. I didn't have nobody to check in with. But whenever I was within Christ, I had somebody to check in with. I had somebody holding me accountable. Hey, did you do this? And I was missing that. But at the same time, I was finding myself because I didn't have a lot of things that my mentors had. But um, of course, some time comes around and I meet a lady named Angie Barra. And uh, she... uh, they, I know there's a saying out there for like a woman can always change a man's life and I feel like that's that, that's true you know like when you need to shut up they'll let you know when you need to shut up like it's time to be quiet <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think it's sometimes for us men too but all we all we gotta do is look back and they're like oh with the shit so it's like ooh, i don't know if i was supposed to cuss on here but um but yeah but uh that's some of my life but now here's the music side of it so being on tour with with pyrex taught me so many things like he gave me a job that came with trust and came with a lot of responsibility which was uh being um some sort of a manager and knowing how to handle bookings when people want to book him and i was able to learn some type of uh, management through him um as he taught me what it was just for an example if there was somebody who wanted to book him and he wanted to be out and they wanted him to be out in california um the flight fees had to be covered uh um, the hotel stay had to be covered. Of course, the show had to be covered, and um, uh, a vehicle. Or sometimes he, they ha- they'd have somebody that he uh, that he knew. He'd have somebody that he knew over there that would drive him around, and he'd just call him and say, "Hey, I'm I'm out here. What's up?" And and it was it was pretty cool because it's like, you know, a lot of the times we're out in these places, we either had rental vehicles. And we're driving around and just getting to know the city. And, you know, sometimes we'd out, we'd uh, be there a day or two before the show just to chill around the city a little bit and, you know, just live life, see what's around before the show. And after the show, well, during the show was was amazing because it's like you'd see the energy that he had. And I was an artist myself. And 
I would see what he had as an artist to try to mold myself to be a better artist. And I just kept seeing that. I kept pushing, pushing for, um, uh, I would say, just striving for betterment as an artist. And what I learned growing up as an artist is patience is the key to everything. A lot of people want to do things in a hurry, do things in a rush. And what I've gotten out of that is nothing. Like, you always have something that's missing, something that ain't done right. It's just always something that's kind of like contracting. Sometimes you're never going to get it done by the due date. But there's a lot of problems that come with it. And I finally understood that. So now, now that I'm doing music with others, I'm finding out not what it is to be an artist. And it's not that I feel like I've mastered that, but what it is to be a human being and an artist at the same time. You know, like a lot of people put on two different roles, like of of who they are on social media and who they are in their regular life, you know, and it, I, I don't feel I put on two roles, but I feel that I keep an artist as an artist and JC as JC. I'm still the same person, but I don't share my life like I used to on social media. I mean, I live around the people who I live around and they know me for who I am, but everybody knows I got a full-time job. Everybody knows that I'm an artist. I don't hide that. I feel like artists hide a lot of things. Like, like they're afraid to say they got a job. Like, <laughs> why are you afraid to say that? Like, that's how you get money. Like, I don't get it. Like, you gotta, you gotta build off that. You can't, uh, I just, I just don't get it. Like, I don't wear jewelry because first of all, I can't afford that. And second of all, I'm allergic to fake jewelry. There's a lot of rappers who wear fake jewelry out there just to let y'all know that. I know it's flickering. Fake jewelry is too. And fake diamonds are too. But I just, uh, I would say me where I'm at right now, my point of t- uh, time of life, I feel I'm at a place where I can't be an artist right now because I'm trying to go and seek for who God is again. Although I won't be interested in doing the outreach and doing the things that I used to do, which I felt were good, but I feel is not right for me right now because I know in God's word, it also says who, how can you go out and preach to somebody when your household is in, how, no, excuse me, it says, And this is not word for word on what it exactly says, but me from remembering what it says. But how can you go preach to somebody when your household isn't right? And I feel if I'm not right within my household, then nobody else isn't. Because it's in God's word that a man gives structure. A man is a backbone inside that home. And so right now I've been taking the time to be more of that person more than an artist because to me as an artist like man it's about the music but I feel it's about getting my life right more 
than it is about that. Like I care less about it. And I don't say I care less about it because it's whack to me. I say I care less about it because I truly like my desires of making music were to fill holes of pain that I had in my heart through music. And I was able to write it and go to the studio and record it and get it off my chest. And that's what I genuinely use music for. And I feel right now, I've been listening to beats and wanting to write some things that I'm going through still. But right now I haven't planned on going to the studio because I guess I'm um, working on, I mean, can I use character development? (laughs) Character development, because that's really what it's about. And that's... That, that that's just really what it's what it's about in general you know if you're not trying to work on yourself then what are you trying to work on you know like what do you have to live for like i want to be the person and it's not just that i want to be but i don't ever want to be the person that doesn't have something going for myself i want to make sure that every day that i live that i have something going for myself that i'm achieving something that that something is getting done with out of my day like i get aggravated when i'm at home i don't watch tv i don't like i mean i I might watch a show here and there but and go to the movies with my lady and the kids but that like i just feel i i don't know i don't got time to watch tv (laughs) i don't and now like I, i just don't so um yeah now i did leave out some parts um, I guess because the conversation went everywhere, <laughs> but uh, but um, I do have a huge artist background though, and uh, I've worked with so many people. Like man, it's it's hard to name drop when you've come out of so many relationships that you've built. You know, like within ministry, within just being an artist, with within being a Christian hip hop artist, and then going back into the secular world where you first came from. And, um, oh, like, man, the list goes on of who I've worked with and, uh, who I've currently been working with right now is Rap-A-Lot and Rap-A-Lot Records is, uh, a record company that's been based out of Houston for a while, man, for so long, I think since the eighties. Yeah, they've, they've signed people like Ghetto Boys, Pimp C, Bun B, um, uh, else man my blank right now because i'm like where am i going (laughs) but yeah but that that's the uh that's that's just the point i'm at right now in my life and uh i just feel it's not about the music right now it's about uh jc where you are where are you trying to be and i feel um with me uh um now uh just figuring that out I'll be able to then figure out the rest of my life I feel like there's there's pieces of the puzzle it's kind of like when you do a puzzle you got to do the outline before you even start working within so if the outline isn't right then everything in your heart won't be right that's what I feel that I'm working on I'm working on the outline of my heart so that when I start putting the pieces together everything will be right i don't expect it to be perfect but it has to make sense and um 
well i guess uh that's it for me my real name is juan carlos sandoval i go by the name jc um of course because i don't like my full name because i've never had a father and i don't plan on taking on his his legacy i I guess i think i want to change my name and start my own (laughs) but uh nah 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 uh but yeah man like you could uh, get to know who I am. I do post on social media, not as much as I used to, but <laughs> my website is www.jctbz.com. And uh, yeah, feel free to DM me or contact me. I'm not a person who's uh, afraid to talk to people. I've, I've gotten out of that shell already. And um, But yeah, I'm on to Seeking God right now and uh, seeing what's in store for me. And I'm also seeking uh this podcast that y'all are tuning into also it's called character development podcasting and it's something that's gonna uh be in a lot of people's ears and it'll ring your ear a little bit too so you may want to get some earbuds for that and uh yeah i appreciate y'all for having me panoramic view ain't gotta drop the top to my wheel trunk banger yeah like a crib yeah, for the zip, and I got the black steel on my hill. Tip, 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 tip. Big black, make a flip, flip, flip. Hop in the jet, then I dip, dip. Yeah, yeah. Come from a city where you know that we all get paid. What an amazing journey JC is on. Whichever way life chooses to take him, we know that his destination will be inspiring. We welcome JC to our podcast family with open arms. Your gift, your faith, and positive energy is something we truly admire and appreciate. We look forward to watching you grow into the artist you are meant to be, and we also look forward to working with you in the future. Here at Character Development Podcasting, we recognize and celebrate those who inspire. We would like to give a special thank you to Pyrex for being that older brother, and to Principal Angelica Vega for helping and providing a sanctuary to so many of our youth. Here at Character Development, we ask the question, who can relate? Do you have an inspiring story to share, or is there someone else who does? If so, please be encouraged to contact us through our website and characterdevelopmentpodcasting.com and or post a comment. You are welcome to email us at oltora at outlook.com, O-L-T-O-R-A at outlook.com. Our mission is to spread inspiration, and we are making the strides to better this world by sharing your personal stories. If you would like to help us out with our goal, then please look us up. CDP can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Character Development Podcasting. Hashtag CDP Who Can Relate. Character Development Podcasting Who Can Relate is produced by Old Torah Productions. This production is brought to you by mom, dad, and my younger brother, Little Man. And I am your host, Kayla, reporting out of Houston, Texas. And guess who's on this side of the pond this time? That's right. Say hi, Jack. What's up, guys? And again, <laughs> again, don't forget to tune in for future episodes. And thank you for listening in. It's about that time. Young JC for the most time grind. Better rack them up, then stack them up. Wanna be a player, then you better battle up. I ain't even got a handle up. Yo, click, better get some stamina. We making your boys look ridiculous. Collect them checks, that is a must. Pyrex. Got his name.